and welcome to Dynasty As They Want To Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host and husband, Kyler K. Jafari. I did it all for love. Well, we want to apologize that there wasn't an episode last week. There's, I don't know, been, there's been something going on in the We've world. We've been rather preoccupied. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have lives going on and, uh, well, basically the apocalypse is happening, so. That's a great way to go, though. I mean, I've, I've got most of everything I've ever wanted, so. Yeah, we're ready to go, so. Bye. <laughs> Pour the champagne. No, um, yeah, we apologize. There was a lot going on in our lives. So we weren't able to record as previously scheduled, but we're here this week in the bunker. We have wine. Uh, we have a chocolate cake. I think we have everything we need. Yeah, I don't care about toilet paper or pasta noodles or even canned goods. We have chocolate cake and gin. And yeah, these I, are the things that matter. I retweeted it on my own account at Derek J. Lang, but I really love Dave Holmes, former MTV VJ. He wrote a, a story, an essay for Esquire, and the headline was, I didn't think the apocalypse was going to be this tag and i totally agree i feel like between everybody buying toilet paper and Sarah... i don't think anything else needs to be said i mean that that sort of sums everything up in one you know five word quote yeah basically. and you totally get it when you go to the grocery store and just seeing what people are hoarding it, it doesn't say a lot about humanity you know does it i think everybody wanted this actually secretly mm -hmm. this is this is sort of like everybody's excuse to have a staycation and maybe that's just like you know my way of dealing with not making it so serious well you're looking at it from a very optimistic viewpoint the way i thought you were going to go with that was the fact that people have basically been obsessed with like dystopias from you know the hunger games to walking dead so oh I th that's so boring we've already had so much of that like in our popular culture like let's let's not have dystopia i'd rather just live the life of the mind like there's all this like great things in your imagination that could come true and why not why not just do that instead well what's really interesting about this whole thing is you know we're supposed to practice social distancing which i know you You've always practiced that. Yeah, I mean, I've, your, I've been doing that. That's, that's that's your brand. Nothing new for me. So I like the fact that we can still connect with people on this podcast. So that's a nice thing, right? We we get to commune, but not be in the same room together and talk about things like dynasty. I mean, that's why we're here. I thought. Yeah, I was thinking as we were watching this week's episode, like how would they have handled something like a pandemic? I mean, the only thing that remotely was close to something like that was AIDS, which was a very different mm. scenario. I think at this moment it wasn't quite full blown yet. So I think the only thing that they would have had to have referenced at that point would be, you know, the radioactive bomb shelter thing from the 60s, like school children style. Kind of like how they have the active shooter drills now, I guess, which is no way to grow up. Uh, I can't imagine. I was spoiled. I, I just got to grow up in the 80s and 90s and never had to deal with any of these things. But yeah, I don't think they really had. But I remember my mother talking 80s. about like, you know, having to go hide out in the bomb shelter at school and do like bomb drills or i don't know I, i'm kind of like winging it but i think i know what i'm talking about a little bit yeah no i yeah i just think they didn't have anything like this in the 80s there's not really 
I mean, I guess there's really not been anything like no, this. No, the whole point is in the 80s, everything was very optimistic. It was like interest rates were going to finally start going down a little bit. You know, Reagan was making everything just oh so much more wonderful. And clothes were exciting and colors became colorful again. And everybody started making money. Well, we have some red wine poured, um, a nice Malbec. I think we can forge ahead with this yeah, week's episode. We're, we're not very centric on what, what's being drank tonight. I, I think it's just a matter of keep your cellar well stocked and hopefully you have something that's not chicken McNuggets for dinner in your freezer. We shall get through these days. I thought it was interesting. There was that New York Times story that other than the necessities, people are now hoarding booze and a lot of the alcohol stores. In New well, York. fortunately, we've always planned ahead on that front, but it is a matter of anticipating what's going to be next because the shelves are clearing quickly at the grocery. You might as well just stock up on everything you ever wanted. This is all just an excuse to like be a hoarder, I guess. How depressing. Or grow root vegetables in your backyard. I've well, been that's the that point of life. all of this is if we do this, then it won't be so bad. So everybody needs to just fucking get on board and flatten the curve. I mean, I was just going to be watching Dynasty anyway, so... Yeah. What changes? Yeah, maybe more people will watch Dynasty now. They so better. Darlings, these are trying times. A good way to get through it is... Champagne! Well, champagne and podcasts. If you're holed up in your mansion, you might as well go ahead and subscribe to Stitcher Premium the podcast subscription service featuring exclusive bonus episodes and ad-free listening for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 for the whole damn year. There's all kinds of bonus content on there from some of my favorite podcasts like Bitch Sesh, Homophilia, and Throwing Shade. If you want your first month of Stitcher Premium for free, head to stitcher.com premium and sign up using our promo code, Dynasty. That's stitcher.com premium, promo code Dynasty. D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y. Look, it's the end of the world as we know it, and with Stitcher Premium, you'll feel fine. Well, this week was a weird episode. It was basically no, the Fallon I love, and love Jeff this episode. Show. There's so much. Oh, this episode is like, I'm living for it. Really? Yes, I'm on fire. Oh I love my this episode. God. We are diametrically opposed. I was not feeling it. Really? Uh-uh. Okay, well, we should dissect that from a high level. Like, okay, is this well, aesthetic or it's tone-wise? or? Well, to start off with, we have Jeff Colby in basically like, every scene of this episode and i'm sorry john james is probably a very nice guy and jeff colby is an okay character oh, quit taking up for him you I don't, don't want to see him in so the story much. i get it nobody really wants that goes yeah. a long way jeff for colby me is like you know the chicken mcnuggets of why do i keep talking about chicken mcnuggets um, i don't know somebody <laughs> needs to go show. get them a 12 piece <laughs> but no this is why does the chandelier keep I don't know. Anyway. It's the end times. <laughs> well, we have a flickering me. chandelier come here. Me. Take me to glory, finally. <laughs> no, like, of course, like, nobody's excited about the Jeff Colby character, especially at this point. But I, I I, don't even, like, I filter him out because when you take him out, this episode's amazing. And But he's in the A, B, C, D, and E plots. Well, I, you know, he's just sort of background noise. And if, the, if you're fixating on, on Jeff, yeah, I guess maybe you wouldn't love this episode. Well, so and I really don't like what he's saying 
because he also spends half the episode. Wait, you listen to anything he had to say? What are you just looking at his body? No, I'm not looking at him. Period. Like he's not even a himbo at this point. He's just you know. Well, Bad I really in a just did not appreciate the things that he was saying to Fallon. It seemed like we were watching a show set in the yeah. 50s or something. Jeff was really turning into a goddamn complainer. Well, it shouldn't come as such a big surprise, but I want a separation. It's been coming on for months. We don't see eye to eye on anything. Well, there's no argument there. I mean, you name it, our son, our lifestyles, what never happens in bed anymore. Oh, Jeff, leave sex out of it. We're talking about two people and where they're headed. Oh, really? Where exactly is that? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? A divorce down the line. A divorce. And in the meantime, I move out of the house, right? Well, that's the usual routine, isn't it? When you separate, you separate. Except there happens to be a third party involved here, sweetheart. He was like a total drama queen, like yeah, it which was, is weird because like that's not really Jeff's thing. So I don't know where this was coming well, from. Well, there was like toxic masculinity, but it was presented in a very whiny manner. So I was just wanting to go yeah, under the blanket. Yeah, he was just a little bit too needy, and he was just like apparently really pissed that Fallon's like wants to get a wants job. To work. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, what a shocking idea! But it's not a it's, woman. Okay. But the problem isn't that she's working. The problem is that her working makes it less of an or more of an impact on his masculinity somehow. Well, because he did see her and the British Australian designer having a a drink. So anyway, we're we're getting ahead here. So there's too much to say about that. Fallon is redoing La Mirada, our favorite character. Well, your favorite character, and she's brought in a set designer. I guess this is a revolutionary idea uh he's this like fun british guy billy is he british Wait, is, or australian i know i think he's british but well, i know the actor is british is this supposed to be meta like that we have a set designer doing interior decoration is it supposed to be the answer is no is it yes well this is just more of how much i love la mirada okay everybody pause because it's time to go to church about la mirada basically fallon is the queen of the damned and i love that like she's here setting up shop and she knows that like the regulars they don't count she wants them out she wants them gone she wants a new clientele yeah she wants to sex she's throwing open the doors to dante's inferno like she wants everybody to come join her in purgatory I realize Inferno and Purgatory are not the same place, but they anyway. did use the term pleasure palace. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like it's clearly a, a, a showcase for human frailty. Her fixation with this designer decorator, whatever he is like, it's like, come on lady, you know, he's a fruit. Well, I wasn't getting like a romantic vibe. I think she just likes having him around because he was fabulous. I mean, I don't know how fabulous it was. He was kind of scrumptious in a way. I mean, he's like, you know, an English muffin. I'd like, to have that for breakfast every day oh yeah i would uh bang that mash about redecorating this place i mean totally redecorating i want to turn this old place into a pleasure palace like a class a bordello hmm? not quite listen between us i'm a closet mountain climber i only design these theatrical sets so that i can pay for my ropes and my spikes i I've never really done... Turned a hotel into a fantasy land? Uh, No. So Jeff sees the two of them sharing a magnum of champagne... And that gets his knickers in a twist. In some weird way, you want Jeff to be this uber modern, yuppie male character of the 80s. But then like you're still given this like cheap storyline of like, oh, I see my 
sometime wife having a drink with some other guy and she has the nerve to want to have her own job it's all filtered through motherhood and that she should be home taking care of little blake one doesn't well, necessarily have jeff to do anything with the little other blake because jeff doesn't even hold little blake by his head like hello that's not how you hold a baby and i don't know nothing about birth and no babies but like jeff not a not a daddy type even though he looks like it and if it wasn't bad enough that jeff is down on her blake spends most of the episode questioning whether fallon should be in charge of la Mirada even though he already gave her the keys to the kingdom anyway. But luckily, Crystal is there after feeding the koi fish to uh, to stand up for Fallon. That does seem to be like something that was part of the woodwork at this point. Blake and Crystal spent several minutes drinking martinis and eating a charcuterie board by the pool discussing Yeah, I this. was too busy like studying her weird daytime attire and the palladian design of the pool slash back of the house i don't know there was too much to look at i wasn't really listening to anything that was being said over those martinis and then to make it worse on top of that the one person that fallon has in her corner in this regard crystal fallon comes for her while she's changing i thought fallon was really out of line you don't walk into somebody's room when they're putting their night clothes on well i like that crystal's like trying on this whole be a big bitch routine but doesn't really work out so it kind of doesn't feel comfortable for linda evans or for the character uh but she does like sort of say like well you're the one who came to me if you don't like what i'm saying then you know leave my room i liked it yeah i don't know it's it's sort of the same thing that always happens with crystal and alexis which we have another moment here in this episode which you know they they sort of have like a pseudo confrontation in, in cecil's office you know something alexis every time i think you've sunk about as low as you can go you surprise me you completely and thoroughly surprise and disgust me have I hit a nerve in that oh-so-serene body of yours? You're the one with nerve, Alexis. When you couldn't take Blake away from me, you went after Cecil and his billions. Nothing could stop you, even if it meant marrying him on his deathbed. Are you insinuating that I forced Cecil to marry me in the hospital? Are you accusing me of killing my husband? No, I'm not. That never occurred to me until you just mentioned it. I don't I don't know that like I'm really digging Alexis or or Crystal's delivery on on that front but they're continually trying to like build this like conflict between the two and that might be the only thing that's sort of a shortfall I feel like in this episode is that I'm not really getting that even though they have that moment not working for me yeah I mean other than Fallon's newfound independence the bulk of this episode is really spent on the reading of the will so Cecil really is dead and they bury him and read the will. It all happens very quickly. I mean, I think I think uh, Adam says at the end of the episode, it's only been a week since his grandma died. So, so this this is like part of why I love this episode so damn much because in in some ways it's kind of a somber affair because it is basically centered on this funeral for Cecil or reading of the will at least. I was going to say we don't even actually see the funeral. It's all about the well, will. Well, but everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but there's a lot of like black being worn and you know there's like black ribbons on Cecil's picture and you know all of that old funerary stuff, but 
on the on the other end though like we have the sort of origin story of alexis like we finally get this moment where we hear her story from back in the day um and how she met cecil and how all of this starts up with the family drama then she's like united with her son who disappeared 25 years ago so it's like this sort of like video game thing where like you know like role-playing games where you like acquire a character like the second act in alexis and adam have joined forces now and they're both sociopaths so or at least he is i mean she's mildly well, I didn't really get the but... feeling that they joined forces i think that she just heard him out and he liked that he was that she was way more receptive than blake was and so he presented the baby rattle and well, I don't know. read it the room. Like, like she... obviously, she's she's gonna like move forward with this guy in some capacity for the storyline. Um, because the thing with Blake didn't work out between Adam and him. So here he is at Alexis's doorstep, and she's to your point more receptive. So well, I see now that I've completely underestimated Adam's sleuthing ability because he clearly has not figured out that Fallon is his sister. Look, make no mistake. Just because he knows how to use a payphone does doesn't make him some grand sleuth. Those things are complicated. Have you ever tried to logic, use one of those? Yeah, this is totally like making him a genius. You have to put a coin in it and then press buttons and you have to lift the thing up. I don't know. It seems way harder than uh, than using my cell phone. And put a diamond after two minutes. What? I didn't even know that part about it. You better have a pocket full of change for that combo mm-hmm. you better call 1-800 call att yeah no he didn't know about fallon clearly because their flirting has gone to the next level and then it took him this long to find alexis and as uh, joseph pointed out you know, if you have a question about her you just go find her and she'll answer for you, mean you. that woman <laughs> you don't say that woman unless you dislike the woman to whom you are referencing mm, the the bitchy butler is back were you highly uncomfortable with the flirting that's going on between fallon and adam i I guess it's supposed to be uncomfortable because clearly they're related and this is i think we already like you know made hay of this before where fallon was doinking cecil her sometime father maybe and now she's like gonna ride the hobby horse with adam Ugh. where else besides elevators i mean do you get that closed in sensation drugstores interesting small drugstores especially very interesting where else? I guess that's it, mostly. Drugstores and elevators. How about in bed? Meaning? Meaning? <laughs> do uh, sheets and quilts and blankets do it to you? Only in July. You could throw in August, too. And how about nightgowns during those two hot months? I don't wear clothes to bed. Is this what qualifies as like the new scintillating thing and and soap opera storytelling in 1982? Probably. I guess so. I just didn't realize that this was that kind of show. I mean, we're in Denver, not in Alabama. That's probably like the funniest thing of all of this is like the talk of Denver. Like even on the evening news, like Cecil Colby is gone. This is live news from Denver, Colorado. And it's like, but when was Denver, Colorado ever 
I mean, this is nothing on Denver, Colorado, but like, is this really a place where so much is going on that the whole country gets the evening news? Well, about I it? always like, compare it when they do these news reports or, you know, TV broadcasts. Like, I just think that like Blake Carrington is like Warren Buffett. So it's just funny because, I mean, Warren Buffett does get a lot of like media attention, but <laughs> I don't think that they would be like following what his ex-wife is doing and his murder trial and things like that. Well, but then, I mean, of course, Warren, Warren Buffett's Buffett not that interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think for me, part the other thing that makes this such an exciting episode is, of course, the reading of the will. And honestly, like this show is very good at hitting those dramatic you know, those tropes. And not always making them work, but here it totally works. I mean, a reading of a will can, you know, go. A Why few did ways. it totally work? I wasn't into the. Oh, I how loved the will it because out. first of all, it's delivered on a Betamax like tape, which like. Well, this, the will wasn't. They just played that tape of. Oh no, that guy was like reading like a, a owner's manual from a Ford Tempo or something. I don't know what that wasn't even a will. But when he puts the the Betamax. And, and like, you know, the, the curtains open on the wall in the office. I did love the, that the TV was behind <laughs> curtains. <laughs> and so, um, and then, and then like the best part is it's not even like will related. The tape is actually of, uh, it's, it's a blooper reel of, <laughs> of Blake. That's why I Logan didn't like with it. Lair. I love it. No, it's hilarious. I wanted it to be Cecil like screaming from beyond the grave. And then it was just like this Logan Rhinewood thing, which we've already seen. Although that's not the same scene. No, they clearly reshot because it. it makes Blake look like the big horse's ass that he kind of really is. No, but you notice that. Or that, at least it cuts him down to size. You I'll notice that, that that wasn't the same scene. No, right? of course it wasn't. It was it's a cheap, you know, reproduction. Like, fine. They didn't matter, even but. try to reproduce it. He's like in front of a white wall. It doesn't wall. matter. This is story telling this isn't reality obviously and so we know what this is this is blake and you know logan's lair in las vegas from season and a half ago or whenever it happened well i also didn't really like how the will kind of shook down so alexis gets half if she doesn't oh, produce Don't think too hard air. about the details because the writers certainly didn't. They left out like the... Uh, Cecil apparently has other family members who are totally not mentioned in this will. Well, I don't show think show up later in the show. I don't think they've prepared for the other but that's what I'm saying. Yet. Like they haven't prepared for anything. Like the writers are just writing. They're okay, but we're talking about what's in the episode. And they say in the episode that Alexis gets half if she produces an heir. How old is Alexis? Are we really looking for her to produce an heir at this point? And it's not like this will was written years and years ago. Like it had to have been written like a couple weeks ago. So, so I don't know if they were trying to leave that as an open-ended moment for future episodes where like mm, maybe Alexis will deviously, you know, make a test tube baby or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously that's not, it just really came out cards. of nowhere. It's like, wait, is this a possibility for those involved biologically? I mean, we, we love La Joan, but I mean, her character is clearly beyond child rearing age at this point. I mean, yeah. Especially in 82 when we don't have all of the, the tubes as you said and what, what did they like go to town in the hospital bed before he had a heart attack i mean like well they was... did before he had when he had oh, the heart attack well, i guess you're right i guess they did have a role in the hay before all of that yeah so maybe he was trying to impregnate her with all of that mad fucking he, they were doing on the day bed oh that's 
one way to put it, I guess. But yeah, so I didn't like the reading of the will because it was like, well, this doesn't make sense. This wasn't alluded to. And but see, I think you're looking for details and logic, and I'm like appreciating the drama, the grand opera. Well, you all. just like uh, Cecil trolling Blake. Yes, that's what you like. Yes, that's like totally what this will is about, honestly. It's like Cecil's like last stand where he has his last word with Blake, sort of. And Blake, well, I also wish idiot, you know, for I this wish he would have trolled um, Jeff a little bit more, especially considering. I that know, but Jeff's sort of a sympathetic character, despite the fact that he's sort of useless. So I, that, that would have been like punching low. Yeah, I, but I Cecil like... was really pissed at him at the end there, how he had basically like swapped him out for Blake, you know, so. I would have liked Cecil to have done something a little more nefarious in the will to him, but... Well, anyway, I think it's weird that you like this episode so much because I just, uh, I don't know, I didn't hate it. It just, I don't know, it felt a little disjointed to me. I think maybe it's because we're in a mourning phase after the death of Cecil, R.I.P. I think that's a cheap justification. I, I think this episode's following a different rhythm from maybe what you're used to or even if not I, I just think there's there's certain things going on that i enjoy and find aesthetically pleasing well and this i just episode and maybe i think you for don't. me it was really i just hated how fallon felt like she was getting held back from reaching her full potential even though she's like the woman with the plan you know well but remember fallon's untested like uh, whether that's her fault or not this is her first foray into the world of business and so well like crystal says if she's gonna fail fail maybe she'll go back to just being a mom but everybody's got to fucking chill man well nobody wants to see fallon go back to being a mom because like yeah a mom she is not that's for sure but I, i i would love to see fallon you know, cut her teeth on La Mirada and take oh, over the Oh, I thought you were going to say on um, Adam Carrington. <laughs> no, definitely not. You know, it, you know, Gordon Thompson, bless his heart. He's a good actor and I don't have a real problem with him. But yeah, I don't I don't want to see those two hook up. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the part of the episode where Kyler and I choose our looks of the week. Well, I mean... It, I think there's a lot of bad clothes in this episode. And I know we there's just... one really bad outfit, what? but that's not what we talk about. We talk no, about let's our talk about looks. the bad outfit. I'm going to talk about the bad outfit. I just hate the fact that <laughs> Fallon was in this red outfit for the majority of the episode and none of it matched. She, yeah, she was like a, a Heinz ketchup bottle. I don't know what this was. Yeah, it every was shade of red on the red color wheel. And then cherry red and then dark red. Yeah, I don't know. And then like even with the, like, the red suede boots so that she couldn't even see bare leg between oh, the skirt. Oh, I could see them. Like it was just like head to toe fabric in all these shades of red and not none of it was working. Yeah, clearly the stylist was colorblind that they had brought in that week to pick out what she was going to be wearing. I don't know. Unfortunately, like I know that Pamela Sue Martin was having like a hair thing at this time, but like quit talking about Well, no, but the hair was like they've like way overdone it, like so much flyaway and yeah, I don't know. So like poor poor Pamela Sue Martin not looking hot in this and they didn't treat her well in the wardrobe department either. Mm-mm. So what was your look of the week? You know, there's not like hot, hot clothes I felt like. I mean, I I think I really just liked you know jones outfit for the funeral and the will reading i I think that's just like a staple you know alexis look and you know it's it's the 
slight peep on them. It's the wide shoulders. It's the veil. The veil. You know, it, I, I think the veil kind of makes it. Without the veil, maybe it wouldn't be as interesting. Well, and she um, knows how to work a the veil. The black pantyhose. And then, like, you know, she's got the hair that's, like, updo, which is, I think this is a new hairdo uh, for Alexis in this episode. Well, it's pretty groundbreaking, I think, to wear two different veils in one episode. I mean, she starts in her wedding gown with the veil on in the hospital. Oh, that's true. She and is, then at like, the, the end uh, of the episode, yeah. she's in morning wearing she's, the yeah, she's doing funeral the, veil. the newlywed newly widowed look all in one yeah so that's true i did appreciate her funeral look but for me i really really liked crystal's koi fish blue terry cloth yeah that's that's a it doesn't win by a nose but it's a close second for me oh it wins by a nose uh, a nose of a flying squirrel because that's what she looked mm-hmm. like if she just put her arms up in the air she could have caught pretty good wind well, she could i have think caught wind and taken flight mm-hmm. but yeah and i didn't even Off realize it was land. like uh yeah i thought it was like a silk or a chiffon or something like that but when uh Blake forces her to massage his shoulders. The camera kind of zooms in and you see it's like a towel Terry kind of a thing or maybe like a jersey knit. But uh, I guess maybe, maybe that is Terry. Yeah. I mean, I guess point. it's maybe what you put on. Maybe after you go swimming, you Absorbent. put that on. Yeah. Soft and strong. Yeah. Who needs to stock up on toilet paper when you have an outfit like that? Oh, you know, they have bidets at this house. Oh, right. No dry wiping. No dry wiping. I liked her cuff, too. I think that that cuff actually sort of set off the outfit. Yeah, and they made the earrings match, which was nice. And, you know. And she's back to her barn door. Back to the barn door. No more of that annoying Gibson girl. A welcome return. Yeah. I mean, we can't have too many updos in one episode, so. Well, Kyler, thank you for joining me for another episode of Dynasty as They Want to Be. I'm I'm going to go back to the grocery store and pick up some supplies. Pasta. Toilet paper. Remember, y'all, row, row your boat. Yeah, and your butthole, too. What? No, that's <laughs> not in the song. Look, 20 seconds, okay? 20 seconds. Everybody, let's just do it. And also, like, don't go anywhere if you don't need to go anywhere. Why are there so many people out? Stay home. Watch Dynasty. We want everybody to be safe out there. I mean, this was such a good episode. I don't know why you wouldn't be home watching it. Yeah. This whole season is actually really interesting and different. So Interesting and different. Stop going to work. Those are words of the non-committal. Stop going to bars. Stop going to restaurants. Stop going to the gym. Why are gyms still open? Look, if the end of the world is coming, the gym is the last place I'm going to be. Oh, yeah. You don't need to be getting like your bikini body ready for summer. We're all going to be dead by then. But before the apocalypse comes, make sure you follow us on social media. We're at Nasty Podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y Podcast. And we do have a Patreon if you'd like to financially support the podcast. We have bonus episodes up there and ad-free episodes. So, you know, dip into your savings. It's the end time. So you might as well support us before we all go. Patreon.com slash nasty podcasts oh and whatever you do don't kiss your brother on the mouth